Jesus has taught us to worship and petition our holy, heavenly Father with shameless persistence. You're listening to Wonder Lake Bible Church, building mature followers of Jesus Christ. Find us online at wlbiblechurch.org. Now, here's Pastor Dan Cox with today's message. You know, there's someone I depend on in the church here for some uh, sermon sound effects. That's Steve. I know I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit, but I'm going to need a sound effect for you in a moment here. Remember, this is the sound effect that we get from you whenever we speak about of Jesus healing on the Sabbath, right? And what happens with the Pharisees when he heals on the Sabbath? Do you remember your sound effect? What was it? That's it. That is correct. That is correct. Because I'm going to need that from you in just a minute here because we're going to talk about something here today that maybe isn't the most pleasant topic to think of when we first see this here, but it's actually something that is a wonderful thing for us. It's a wonderful tool in our lives. And I want to talk to us today. It has something to do with this thing right here, discipline. There it is. Thank you, Steve. There it is right there. It's by discipline. No, I, I, I don't mean, you know, giving the kids a time out, although that is part of a, a discipline. I'm talking about spiritual disciplines here. And so I'd like us to understand, what do we mean when we talk about discipline and spiritual disciplines? We're talking about discipline is training. It is training that corrects, it molds or perfects the mental faculty, faculties or moral character. So it's training that has a goal or a design that it's looking to what? To make changes in our lives, to, in our thinking, in our character here. And so that is going to come up in our message here today. We are continuing here in our sermon series on the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Unique, there has been no one like him ever. There will be never another person like him in the history of the world. He is utterly unique. We have been going through a series here, what we're calling a harmony of the Gospels, where we are taking the messages of the Gospels in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, harmonizing them, putting them together as following this example here for us that's suggested by John MacArthur in his book, One Perfect Life. It takes us through the Gospels in a chronological order, putting them all together for us. And we've been camped out for a little while here on this subject of praying, teaching us to pray. There is persistence here, but also, though, discipline. Discipline in that. Our text is Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. And we wonder, so what's the big idea? What do we want us to take away from it? Well, it is this, is that Jesus has taught us to worship and petition our holy heavenly Father with shameless persistence. To worship and petition our holy heavenly Father with shameless persistence then. Once again, a little context for our text. We've been kind of camped out on this passage here in Luke chapter 11 because of the critical importance of prayer in our lives individually, but also as a church, as a church family. You know, there's someone, we just prayed for Ralph earlier this morning here, but I said something a a, a while ago, and and Ralph kind of remembered that, and and, and it comes up from time to time, and sometimes there's a situation, there's something going on, we're trying to figure out what are we going to do about it, and we say what? Well, we've done everything else, we might as well pray, 
right? And sometimes it doesn't feel like there was something like, well, I guess we've done everything else. We might as well pray, I guess, right? Well, really, you know what? Prayer ought to be the first thing that we do. It ought to be the first thing, the middle thing, and the last thing, right, that our lives should be bathed in prayer. So we want to take one last look at our text in Luke chapter 11 then, and we're going to take up the matter then of developing the discipline of prayer in our lives. Now the disciples asked Jesus, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. As you know, rabbis would teach their students uh, prayers for them to recite, And certainly Jesus' disciples had that in mind, but I think there was more going on there than that here. I think the disciples were impacted by watching how Jesus prayed and how it undergirded everything he did. I think they wanted to learn to pray with such confidence and life-changing power as they saw in him. Can you imagine what that would have been like to watch Jesus pray, to hear him, to see him? Can you understand why they would say, Lord, teach us to pray? We want to pray like that. We want to pray like you do. And so he gave them what we call the Lord's Prayer or the Disciples' Prayer, and that should, should be understood then as an example or a pattern for us in how to pray. It gives us some of the ingredients that should go into prayer. But also then Jesus, though, speaks parables then speaking of the importance of persisting in prayer that we ought never to give up. So let's look at our chapter here, Luke chapter 11, verses one through 13. Luke tells us, now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And so he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us, this, give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend? And go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him, because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, Know how to give good gifts to your children? How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit 
to those who ask him. So we've been saying, Lord, teach us to pray. The disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And I pray that that would be the cry of our hearts here. Lord, teach us here at Wonder Lake Bible Church to pray. Is that the cry of your heart here today? We've looked at this text and we've discussed worship and petition and persistence. Worship is what it is, declaring and praising God's infinite worth. It's petition, it's bringing our requests to God. It's persistence, we never quit. We keep on coming boldly to God, not because of any merit of our own, but because of Jesus Christ and our relationship with God in Jesus Christ. We see worship there. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed what? Holy. Holy is your name. He is extolling God the Father's holiness, and he is telling us then to worship God, to praise God for who he is. Petition, your kingdom is come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are to pray for God's plan in our lives and the world and not our own plan. We're to pray for God's will to be done and not for just our own desires. Give us day by day our daily bread. This comes from a place of daily, moment by moment, dependency on God as we trust in him to meet our needs. Forgiving our sins as we forgive everyone who is indebted to us. This view is our relationship with God is in view here of intimacy and fellowship with God and the assumption that we are forgiving others just as God has forgiven us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It is a plea for help in achieving victory over sin and a request for protection from the attacks of the devil. We saw persistence. We don't quit. We keep on praying. And the parables that Jesus tells there is an argument from the lesser to the greater. If in this lesser situation, persistence pays off, how much more so than in the greater with God does persistence pay off then? If a friend will give his persistent friend bread late at night, how much more so will God give his children what they need, right? Love that story here. A friend shows up late at night, and he's he, the, in, in the hospitality, this friend, he wants to put bread down before him. He has nothing. I had some friends who visited me this, this week. Now, they did not come at midnight. It was more like 4 p.m., but do you think that they expected me to have stuff ready for them when they got home, when they got there? Oh, yes, they did. And was it ready for you guys? Oh, yes, it was, wasn't it, right? So, so <laughs> but if I hadn't, I would have had to go somewhere and get it and be persistent, right? Now, if someone can be persistent to get that, how much more so will God give us what we need when we persist in those things than with him? In fact, we're told then what? To be shamelessly persistent there to ask and keep on asking, to seek and keep on seeking, to knock and keep on knocking. And the promise that whoever asks receives, whoever seeks finds to him who knocks, the door will be open. Imagine that. Would, it, would an earthly parent, instead of giving bread, give a stone? Instead of giving fish, give a serpent? Instead of an egg, give a scorpion? Of course not. And if we, who are evil by nature, still know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more so does the Heavenly Father give that ultimate good gift of the Holy Spirit to those of us who ask? 
I want to ask you, though, as we go forward from here then, how many of you would say, you don't have to raise your hands. If you want to, you can. But how many of us here would say that there is room for improvement in your prayer life? Anybody think you would like to see some room for improvement in your prayer life? Well, today, there is a way that we can do that, that we can improve in our prayer life. And that way is through discipline in prayer, right? Discipline. Anybody just groan a little bit when you saw that? You were looking for some simple little thing here like that will revolutionize my prayer life. Oh, well, this is easy. Well, how many of you know something really good rarely comes easily in our lives, does it? Got to work for it. And there is discipline in prayer. And I want to talk about that for the balance of our message here then today is, is, is to tie all of this up that we've been saying about prayer by talking about the need to develop discipline in prayer in our lives. As I said, there is a, a great resource I've recommended to you before. I would recommend it again here now. It's, uh, it's by an author named Donald Whitney, and it's called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. And he makes a point in here at the beginning of this, as true as he says that discipline without direction is drudgery. Discipline without direction is drudgery. In other words, if we don't know the reason why we're disciplining ourselves, if we're not motivated by that end, then discipline just becomes drudgery, doesn't it? It becomes this this thing that we just keep on doing, and there's no joy in that if we don't have a direction or an end in mind for it. And so discipline without direction is drudgery. Let me ask you, why does a musician play scales or practice their instrument? So because they enjoy playing scales? No, why? To become better on their instrument. And what? There is joy in being able to play that instrument so freely, isn't there? Why does an athlete run drills or lift weights? For the purpose of running drills? No, for the purpose of what? To become better at the game and hopefully what? To win the game and ideally what? To win a championship, right? So musicianship isn't about scales. Athletics isn't about drills or lifting weights. It's about freedom to play that instrument, to give joy to others at a concert. It's about winning a championship, So why does the follower of Christ practice the spiritual disciplines? What is the direction here? What is the goal or the end? What is the purpose for engaging in spiritual disciplines? Well, we don't have to guess what that is because the Bible tells us what that is in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Verses 7 through 8, here the Apostle Paul is instructing a young pastor, Timothy, in how to lead the flock. And he tells him that he must stay away from useless things, but rather train himself, or what? Discipline himself for godliness. Look what he says, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, 
train yourself or discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So why do we engage in disciplines and spiritual disciplines? What is the end? Godliness. I think, well, what do you mean by godliness? And I like Whitney gives us this quote here, this definition of godliness. He says, godliness is both closeness to Christ and conformity to Christ. Closeness and conformity. There's what? Relationship and character. It is closeness to Christ and conformity to Christ, a conformity that is both inward and outward, a growing conformity to both the heart of Christ and the life of Christ. And I wonder, do you want that for your life? Do you want your life to be growing in that direction toward greater godliness? So what are spiritual disciplines then? Spiritual disciplines are those personal and interpersonal activities. They're things that we do that are given by God in the Bible as the sufficient means that believers in Jesus Christ are to use in the spirit-filled, gospel-driven pursuit of godliness. That is closeness to Christ and conformity to Christ. And that's kind of a, that's a, that's a mouthful, isn't it there? But that's what spiritual disciplines are. They're, they're activities that we see in the scriptures that God has given us that are designed to what? To lead us through the filling of the spirit toward greater godliness, closeness to Christ and conformity to Christ. Well, what are they? Well, what are, what, are, what are these tools God has given us? What are these disciplines he's given us? Well, they're, they're a number of them. Bible intake, that is what, that we are reading the word of God. We're hearing the word of God. We're studying the word of God. We are reflecting on the word of God, meditating on the word of God, memorizing the word of God, taking God's word into us, into our minds and into our hearts. That is a primary discipline, Bible intake. Prayer that we're going to focus on here today. That is what? Conversation with God. Worship, declaring God's worthiness and praising him. Evangelism, sharing the message of hope with others. Serving, using the gifts and abilities that God has given us to build the church up, to encourage and strengthen others. Stewardship, which is what? Using these Uh, um, using the resources that God has given us. It's our time, our treasure, all of these things, giving these back, using these abilities to serve others. Fasting, silence and solitude, journaling, learning. These are some of the spiritual disciplines that God has given us in his word to grow in godliness. But today we want to focus on prayer for the purpose of godliness. So we said prayer is what? It's conversation with God. And what a privilege here. Do you ever think about that? What a privilege that you and I have, that we have been given, that we are invited to come, not just to come sheepishly before God, but to what? Come boldly before God. 
because you're such a great person, I'm such a great guy? No, because of what Jesus did, right? Because of Jesus, because of our union with Christ, our union with him in his life, his death and his resurrection, that we are encouraged then to come boldly before God, standing righteously before him, faultless, not condemned. He loves to hear from us, from his children. What a privilege then to come boldly before the sovereign, almighty Lord of the universe and to speak to him at any time. What do we see in, in scripture about prayer? We see that, first of all, that, that prayer is expected of us. Jesus said on a number of occasions, he's expecting that we're praying. He says, what? Well, when you pray, when you pray, pray like this. You notice he doesn't even command them to obey. He's just assuming, expecting that they're going to do that. Right? When you pray, when you pray, pray like this. I love in Luke chapter 18 there where he gives a parable there to say, to encourage us to say that we ought always to pray, never to give up, but to continue to pray then. Colossians 4.2 says what? To continue steadfastly in prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, to pray without ceasing. Is what, that it is a continuous activity in our lives. We've asked before, well, why don't we pray as we should? Now, we know this. It's expected of us. It's been commanded of us here. And yet, we don't always pray as we should. I think probably every one of us would hold our hands and we said, how many of you really are, are very satisfied with your prayer life. You think there's, there's, there's no room. I don't think too many hands would go up for that. But if we said, if there's room for some improvement, my hand would be the first one up, right? Why don't we pray as we should? Well, there may be, I think first and foremost is, it's simply a lack of discipline. We haven't disciplined ourselves to do that. The second is, is what? There is spiritual opposition, Third, it might be a, a lack of awareness of need. I mean, you know, sometimes we can get a little self-satisfied and comfortable, can't we? But the first time, then once, something goes wrong or something gets yanked out from under our feet, all of a sudden we're not so confident and self-satisfied anymore. And when we look like, oh, Lord, then we look up. Well, the reality is when should we be looking up is all the time, right? We are always in need, aren't we? Or sometime, dare I say it, we pray because perhaps we have a weak view of God's power and character. We doubt. Now, we may think, oh, oh, I don't doubt God's power, but maybe we doubt his willingness to unleash that power in our lives, right? Now, we, we know better than that in our minds, but maybe... There's something deep within us that just maybe questions that. Can God really do this? Would God, would God really do this? Which leads me to this last one that, you know what, folks, this one is a tough one to admit. This one is a tough one to admit. But how many of us have to say that maybe, maybe one of the reasons why we don't pray as we should is because in our heart of hearts, we, we have doubts about the effectiveness of prayer. We wonder, does this really matter? Does this really make any difference? 
And yet, the truth is, I know for many of us here, we have seen God work through prayer so many times in our lives, haven't we? But we forget. And that's why I think it's so important for us to continuously rehearse in our minds and give thanks and praise to God for all of those answers to prayer that we have seen in our lives. A little bit more on this in just a bit then. So prayer is expected, but prayer is learned as well. Perhaps part of the reason our prayer lives are not what we want them to be is that we simply have never learned how to pray. That scripture teaches us that we must pray for the glory of God in his will, in faith, in the name of Jesus, and with persistence. That is, we pray ultimately for who to be glorified? You, me, our church? No, for him, for Christ, for God to be glorified or honored ultimately through it in all things. We pray for our desires. Well, if our desires are in conformity with God's will, but no, we're praying for God's will to be done. We pray in faith. Does God want us to come before him? Well, I'm not sure, God, but I'm not really sure if, if you can do this, but you know, if you can... No, he wants us to come boldly in faith. I know you can do this, God. And in the name of Jesus, through our identification with Christ, in union with him, in accordance, again, with the will and the heart and the priorities of Jesus Christ. And then with persistence. We looked last time about some of the reasons why God might want us to persist in prayer. Right? Don't quit. Don't give up. And you know what? It takes time to learn how to pray like this. And once we learn to pray like this, then we never stop growing in it, though, either. And we must say with the disciples then today, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Now, all that said, what would you say is the most effective method for learning how to pray? What do you think? What is the most effective method for learning how to pray. 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 There you go. You got it right there. How do you learn? By doing. How many times do we learn by doing? So how do we learn to pray? The most effective thing is simply to pray. Now, I think it's a good thing to read books about prayer, right? It's a very good thing to read the prayers of Scripture and learn from those things, but there is no substitute for simply praying, learning by doing. And as we do this, the Holy Spirit then teaches us, the Holy Spirit teaches praying people to pray better. But you know, there's another way to learn to pray that I want to share with you today that comes right out of Scripture, and that is learning to pray by meditating on Scripture. Now, we've talked before and other times, what do we mean by meditating on Scripture? It means what? To take that, the content of God's Word into our mind, into our hearts, and and to Think it over hard to, to, to chew on that mentally. And I said, what is God's word saying here? What does this mean? How does this apply in my life? Meditating on that. Well, there was a man named George Mueller. He, uh, in the 19th century in England, he had opened up an, an orphanage, and he came to be known as a powerful prayer warrior. He knew how to pray. And he is writing in his journal here, and he speaks of something 
uh, an insight or a realization he had one day that he speaks of, he had to confess that, again, here's this man who's known as being a great uh, prayer warrior, and he speaks of how he just has trouble with his mind wandering in prayer. Anybody have trouble with your mind wandering in prayer with that? There's a few of us, you know. Or sometimes then, you know, it's just we notice our prayers just seem to be about, oh, Lord, please do A, B, C, and D, or give me, or give that person, do this, do that, right? Petition, a, a focus on petition. And so he was talking about how he was troubled by how he saw his mind wandering, and he's just talking so much, and, and just asking for God, you know, asking God for things all the time. And he's like, you know, there, there's, there's got to be more to this prayer life than, than just that. And that's when he discovered the importance of praying by meditating on Scripture. He says, I began, therefore, to meditate on the New Testament. Early in the morning, the first thing I did after having asked in a few words the Lord's blessing upon his precious word was to begin to meditate on the word of God, searching, as it were, into every verse to get blessing out of it, not for the sake of the public ministry of the word, not for the sake of preaching on what I had meditated upon, but for the sake of obtaining food for my own soul. The result I have found to be almost invariably this, that after a few minutes, my soul has been led to confession or to thanksgiving or to intercession, or to supplication. Confession, what? Confessing our sins, thanksgiving, giving thanks to God. Intercession, pleading with God for, on behalf of others. Supplication, asking things of God. He says, his, his soul has been led to these things so that though I did not, as it were, give myself to prayer but to meditation, yet it turned almost immediately more or less to prayer. When thus I have been for a while making confession or intercession or supplication or have given thanks, I go on to the next words or verse, turning all as I go into prayer for myself or others as the word may lead to it, but still continually keeping before me that food for my own soul is the object of my meditation. The result of this is that there is always a good deal of confession, thanksgiving, supplication, or intercession mingled with my meditation, and that my inner man almost invariably is even sensibly nourished and strengthened and that by breakfast time, with rare exceptions, I am in a peaceful, if not happy, state of heart. Isn't that great? So I know it's a thing, well, I need to pray, and then our minds start wandering, and we start saying, God, please do this and this and this. But what should we do? Open the word of God and just select a, just even a single verse. Meditate on that. And see how it leads us into confession, to thanksgiving, to intercession, to supplication, asking God for things. Praying scripture back to God, it's called. Right? Realize that prayer is answered. 
Jesus promised that our persistent prayers would be answered. Do you believe that? Did, was Jesus mistaken? Was Jesus? He promised our prayers would be answered. Now, as we see, what does that mean? You know what? Just persist. Just keep on knocking long enough, and uh, he'll do exactly what you want, right? No. He will answer. May not be exactly what we want, but what? But he can work through our persistence. He works to change our hearts and minds and our wills so that they are in alignment with the answer he gives, right? Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Well, what if the answer isn't forthcoming? Perhaps there's unconfessed sin in our lives. Not always, but perhaps. Perhaps we're asking with selfish motives. Perhaps not, not always, but perhaps. But there may be any number of reasons why God delays in that and why he tells us to persist. We said what? It demonstrates reliance on God and faith pleases God. Persistence over time helps us to recognize the unfolding work of God. Sometimes answers take a while to unfold and to see how God is working, right? And it gives God glory when we're patient in that. We may be asking out of selfish motives, and the discipline of persistence may reveal this to us as God works in our hearts to remove it from us. Persistence gives God time to work in circumstances in the hearts of others and even in our own hearts, so that we are ready to receive his answer. Or perhaps this, we may be unwilling to pay a cost that might be involved in answering that prayer. And our persistence helps us to see this and prepare us to pay that cost, to do our part. Ever thought sometimes we're praying about something and maybe all along, you are the answer. You're the one that God wants to work through in that, right? Or perhaps we may simply be misinterpreting what God wants to do in our lives. That God doesn't want to just give us what we want, when we want, but he is looking ultimately what? To draw us closer to himself, to deepen our relationship, our intimacy, our fellowship with him, that he would be glorified and honored in all of our lives, that we would know him better, and that we would be receptive to his will, whatever that might be. It's persistence that does these things for us. Well, so what? What are we to do with this here today? Well, I want to remind us where we started. What are we to take away? Well, Jesus has taught us to worship and petition our holy heavenly Father with shameless persistence, to not quit, to not give up. So I want to just ask you a question. Will you pray? Will you make that commitment to say, you know what, I am going to shamelessly persist in praying to my holy, heavenly Father. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to honor him. I'm going to bring my needs and others before him. And I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up knowing that if an earthly parent gives good gifts to their children, how much more so will my heavenly father 
give what is good to me. Notice that not give what I want, but give what is good to me, right? Will you pray? Will you learn to pray? Discipline yourself to pray. Make that commitment to do that. And I would suggest by learning to pray the scriptures. Don't go before God. It's good to write things down. And yes, I have lists of prayer too, just like all of you do. But pray God's word back to him first. And will you persistently pray? Don't quit. Don't give up. Now, if you've been here for a while, you know what comes next after this slide. After the application, what comes next? Let's pray. Well, we already did the so what, Lynn. Were you paying any attention, Lynn? You were writing down. Okay, should we forgive Lynn for writing down? Okay, all right, we'll do that. Yeah. So I'd say, well, let's pray. Well, first, first, this. I want to share some thoughts with you. 2020 vision. Do you remember about four years ago? It's hard to believe it's been almost four years now. We were talking, somebody came up with this really cleverly titled vision for our church going forward called 2020 vision, right? So this was like 2018, 2019. What's our 2020 vision? What do, we, what, do we, what do we want to see clearly and clearly focused on here? What does God want to do in our church going forward? You remember that? We were praying about that. We had some things written up, and, and I'd even I'd, I'd, I'd given you for you. would send these, sent this back to We were working this and praying this and putting this all together, and this was going to be our vision. What we prayed would be God's vision for our church in 2020 and going forward there, and we were just about ready ready to unfold all of that and then what happened this little thing called covid comes along perhaps some of you have heard of it right well i want you to know that i am so thankful to god for how he saw us through that time and i want you to know how proud i am of this church and how you handled that And in fact, we didn't just survive COVID, but by the grace of God, we even thrived through that. And in fact, we're now in a position to once again start thinking and planning for this future that God has put on us on a standing here that I never would have thought possible. I I know that there there are churches that really struggled through COVID and some of them closed their doors. A number of them did. But that didn't happen here. We didn't get sidetracked by foolish political arguments and arguments about the vaccine and this and that and masks. And we didn't do that. We didn't have that division. Yes, were there differences of opinions among us on some? Of course there were. But we didn't fight about it. We didn't divide over that. There was respect for others in that, wasn't there? And I'm so proud of how you handled that. And God, I believe, honored that. And we now find ourselves in a position that I just never would have thought possible. We find ourselves in a financial position I never would have believed. Again, there are churches that are closed. We not only made it through with all of our needs met, 
we're now in a position financially that I can't believe this. Like, and we've even said at the board, like, what is God telling us? What does God want us to do with this, right? Let's thank the Lord for that. Amen, brother Steve, right? So what is God saying to us? What does God want to do in this community through this church? Well, I think it's time to pick up the ball and start moving forward again. You're on board? Amen to that. All right. Gina, welcome. Good to have you joining us here on board with this. Well, I want to tell you about something. Some of you, you, you already know this. I've mentioned this before, but I want you to know this is a growing community. That area right there is, uh, some of you may recognize, that is an area that's a development called Meadows of West Bay that is going up. I know some of you drive past that every, every day here. But there are about 500 new homes that are being built there, right? There's a number of them that it started and then it got delayed and COVID and and all that stuff. Well, it's starting up again and it started, those homes are starting to fill in in that area, about 500 new homes there. That's west of us. Now, just east of us here, here is this image that you've probably seen Stonewater. That is a new development going there. It's 3,500 to 4,000 new homes are being built there. So with that and the Meadows of West Bay, we're looking at 4,000, maybe as many as 4,500 new homes being built within a few miles of us over the next few years. I wonder... Will we be ready for that? You know, it is estimated. I saw a newspaper story the other day that was talking about Stonewater and, the, and how that's coming along. By the way, have you like, driven past that on 120 lately and said, where have all those houses, like in just the past six months, or so, seen all of those houses there? Well, it is estimated. The newspaper story was saying that it is estimated when, when the, that development is complete, it is estimated that Wonder Lake will be the third largest municipality in McHenry County. 12,000 new people in our community. How many of those people will be looking for a Bible-believing church home? How many of those people will come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ in part through the witness of people in this church? Will we be ready for this? What is our plan? Well, one thing I know for sure at this point is that we need to pray. And therefore, when I announce that, we will pray together following the worship service on the first Sunday of every month about this and about this new vision for the church and God's plan for the church starting next week, April 2nd. You know, that first Sunday of the month, Normally, we, we have Wonder Lake Bible Institute, the repeat class after the worship service. Well, on that first Sunday of the month, we don't. We have those men's and women's groups. We don't have that repeat. So I'm going to invite you to stay for a little bit afterwards every first Sunday of every month. And let's pray for this. Let's pray for God's direction, that God would give us his vision for this church. I want you to know, I have some things in mind here, but this isn't about what I think or any one person. This is, what is God saying to us? 
And let's pray that this time, maybe when we're done with this, another pandemic doesn't come along, okay? But let's see, what is, what is God gonna say and do? What is, are we gonna be ready? So I wanna invite you to join us here. But if you can't stay afterwards for it, you can pray wherever you are. And it doesn't have to be the first Sunday of the month. You can pray any day at any time for this. Pray, Lord, would you guide and direct this church and what you would have us to do? May this vision going forward be the vision of what you want to do, not of any individual or group of people even. I want to invite you to, there's a, a, a little something that I call Jericho prayer. Remember when, when God... Uh, when God's people, the Israelites, went into the promised land, the first city they came to was Jericho. And God had a little unusual plan for taking the town of Jericho, didn't he? What did he do? Told them to what? To just march around and sing praise, right? And on the seventh day, march around seven times. And then what happened? The walls fell down. Well, there's something I like to do, and fortunately, I'm pleased to say God does not take this literally. I like, to, I like to walk around this church outside, just walk around it and pray. I want to tell you, I've seen walls come down. Fortunately, not these walls have come down. But I've seen walls, actually, sometimes walls come down like the bus barn. Those walls did come down, and that was a really good thing when that came down. Actually, how God worked through that, right? But I want you to know that I like to do that, and I want to invite you, if you ever want to come and you want to pray, let's just walk around this building and pray together and pray for, pray for the walls to come down. These are the things that I like to pray. These are some things in my life right here. You know what this is? These are the things that I pray for all of you. Your names are on this, your situations and what's going on in your lives are on this. Oh boy, Rich, you're actually Rich, you're at the top of the list right here actually now, so yeah, there you go, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> actually, I'm not going to tell you who's at the top of this list. Uh, actually, you know what? I will tell you who's, you know who's at the top of the list, Tony and Becky Aiello. You know what? <laughs> That's right. You know why he's at the top of the list, he and Becky? Because their name starts with an A, and it's alphabetical. So it's alphabetical, folks. Yeah, that's right. So you are first. Then there's Ralph and Renee. Then there's Sandy and Danielle. Then there's Kathy. And then actually there's our next-door neighbor, Carson Besserud. We need to pray for him, too. Yeah, well... He needs to know the Lord. So there's all kinds of things in there. So I want to invite, if you want to come and pray, we'll do that. Let's do that, all right? Just call me, and we'll do that. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you are a good God who eagerly desires for us to come boldly into your presence because we have been declared righteous and holy, just in your son, Jesus Christ. And because of that, we are invited to come boldly before your throne to present 
our needs, our petitions before you, to receive grace to help us in our time of need. Father, I pray that you would teach us to pray, that we would become more disciplined in prayer, that you would teach us to pray scripture, to pray your word back to you, Lord, and that through that you would mold our hearts and our characters to be more like Christ and that you would draw us closer to yourself. Conformity to you, Lord Jesus Christ, and conformity to your character. We seek to do all of this, not because we want, not simply because we want something from you, but because we want you. Lord, we do pray for this vision of the church going forward. Thousands of people are going to be moving into this community over the next few years. And God, we want to be ready for that. Show us, direct us, Lord, how to be ready for that. And do, may many of those residents, Lord, who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ come to know the Savior through the people and the ministries of this church and other churches in our area. May we be a welcoming and Bible-believing and teaching and affirming home where your word is honored, where you are honored, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. For more information about Wonder Lake Bible Church, visit wlbiblechurch.org.